0: Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games in episode 96 the punch boarders talk about some recent plays we reach in to the mailbag and answer a question and then review the new hotness of brian boru hey everybody i'm clef hey i'm chad i'm richie Woo. All right. All right. I let's, hope everybody had a great Christmas punch bunch. I hope you got lots of fun games
1: and no coal in your
0: stocking. Well, unless it was like a, a coal board game. Then I don't you the coal Oh right, the uh, like, sour patch coal.
1: Ooh, I got that for the kids. Did oh, you really? Yeah. What's oh. that? Is it like black and chewy? Yeah,
2: it's like black raspberry or something like that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I'm they'll sure
1: be they'll excited that. about yeah. that. <laughs> I wouldn't mind getting that kind in my stocking.
0: Oh boy, almost the new year.
1: It is. Done with
0: 2022.
1: We'll have to talk about some resolutions soon.
2: Ugh. (laughs) Hey, I did
1: achieve some of mine, by the way. I mean,
2: yours were pretty low. Hey. (laughs) No, because... The
1: bar was set pretty low. No, because so much of it was getting getting 18xx games played, which with you two is like a non-starter. So... No, I actually, I am impressed with how yes. much you've been able
2: to play 18XX. I would agree. That's I would agree. right. I would agree. I'll give you that.
1: I made some huge concessions to try to be able to do that, too.
2: He's
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, like paying people, hey, I'll pay you 20 bucks if you come yeah. over and play today. <laughs> That's right. I'm
1: going to give you some free physical therapy if you just stick <laughs> around afterwards and play this game.
0: <laughs> uh, too good. All right, well. I suppose we should uh, just mention again, and I guess everybody's going to be hearing this for a while now. we got a couple things. Uh, First thing is our 100th episode is Fastly Approaching
1: yeah I mean fast like it is Real we've clear. had some we've had some really good messages yeah. which are super funny <laughs> um, and you don't have to be a comedian though we would just love to hear from you because honestly like some of our favorite stuff is just hearing like what you'd want to play uh, with us and why yeah and so please get those into uh, punchboardparadise at gmail.com and that segues nicely into you could plan it you could plan what game you could talk about it and then you could come to PPcon next May and play it yeah. So make sure you get in on that too. We've posted all over our social medias the the uh, sign up. So we've kind of got a sign up genius thing going, and then uh, you can you can deliver the payment. Um, we have a PayPal link for that as well. So
0: something to check into uh, And just I just want to make sure so everybody is aware. There's some verbiage that was hard to fit into that sign up genius. So if you're looking at it, just be aware. If you Get a hotel room, you know, or the you know, a room in the convention center that includes all of your meals, the hospitality suite, and your con badge that's all wrapped into that one price there together. So that's 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 pretty cool. I mean, like I said, it's I think it's 370 for the entire four days and three nights with all your meals, all the hospitality suite, and then your con badge if you just share the room with one person. And if you don't want to share the room with one person, you can pay a little bit more. But it's it's a reasonable price there. If you just want to come and just stay during the day and just play uh, anytime, you know Thursday, Friday, or Saturday or Sunday, then it's just the sixty dollar one day single. But that's I keep calling it a day pass, but I don't it's, know, it's a weekend, weekend pass. pass. It's yeah. a, whatever you want to call it. It's for all four days. You don't have to. I mean, if you want to pay a sixty dollars for each day, you can, but you don't have to.
1: I also noticed. That some of my Des Moines buddies are going to be there, so oh, there'll be some, 18
2: some XX 18XX players oh, yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. All right, <laughs> I'm glad someone's there, so you don't yeah, have to. So we don't have to
0: <laughs> All right. Well, the business is out of the way. Let's talk games. Chad. Let's talk games. You got one sitting right here. I'm excited to hear about this. Uh,
1: you know what? So this game is a reimplementation of a previous game. It came out in 2020, the most recent print, I guess. But the original was done in 2006. It's
2: called Royal Visit, and it is a Reiner Knizia game. It mm, um, does not stop. Like him, Ian O'Toole. And Vincent Dutrait seem like they're nonstop working, and probably David Turchie. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, they are they are
1: nonstop. This is a two player game, and it's a tug of war game, which usually that doesn't get me very excited. However, um, just playing this the mechanisms are relatively easy but jo- Josh and I just recently played this and we just played two games back to back as soon as we finished the first game we were like we're playing again right and and, and we we're both like yeah absolutely we are so what this what this is when i say it's a tug of war game you have uh five characters on the board you have two guards a king a jester and a wizard and you are trying to pull the king over to your end Of the board. Basically, it's called a chateau. It has two spaces at the end of each board, one for each player on it. And uh, you are playing cards from your hand uh, to do that. So, basically, kind of like uh, the Keyforge game style, every round you are going to choose a suit essentially and get to move uh, certain pieces based on the suit towards your side of the board. Okay, so with guards, they have a special movement. Uh, there's a one plus one card, which means you can split the movement between the two cards or just add them together. And you have eight cards in your hand and you can play as many of those cards one at a time of the suit that you've declared. You can also move the king um, and uh, that's a special uh, special movement or you can spend two of the king cards to move the whole, they call it a, uh, what is it called? The whole court, two of the guards and the king, all all one space um, towards you, basically. And so what you're going to do then uh, is you can kind of move that whole court. Now, there's a really important rule here, and that means that the king can never move outside his guards. He always has to have a guard on either side. Now, they could be way far apart from him, but he has to be in the middle of it. Then you can move the wizard, and the wizard has generally higher movement cards, and he has a power, which I'll talk about in a second. The jester also has really high movement cards, so like meaning one to five, uh, and you can move him all over the board, but he has a very special power too. So what I'll say is, once the jester gets over on your side of the board, somewhere between the king and your own chateau or within your duchy, as soon as you do that, all the blue jester cards can become wild, and you can move anything as long as you stay with that uh, with that rule of how the king and his guards move. Okay, so they basically become wilds uh, for one character for that whole round, then, which is really interesting. And then, if you have the wizard, uh, the wizard can basically um, he can he can move any piece to where he is at and you don't play cards for that you just uh you just play the power so you just say okay my wizard is way over near me i want to move the jester over i want to move the king over now those two pieces i talked about or the two spaces on each player's end of the board gets uh has two spots for characters to be in Uh, There is also a crown track at the top, and so after you've finished all your actions, you get to move that crown towards you, because that's the secondary win condition. The game ends automatically if the king is in one of your two chateau spots, or if that crown is all the way over towards you. And what you look at at the end of your turn is how many people are in my chateau, and if the court, meaning the guards plus the king, are over on your side of the duchy, you get certain amount of movement points for that crown based on how many of those things you qualify for there. So you basically go through the whole deck, which can go really fast, and then you flip the crown over so that it's on the small side. Now, when you go through the deck a second time, and if n- neither uh, win condition has been, uh, has been satisfied, then you just see which side the king is on. And if he's on your side, you win automatically. So it's really interesting. What I actually find the most interesting is that you can kind of control the pace of the game. So let's say the king and the guards and stuff are way over and I can't, I can't get to them. I might try to do the wizard's power a bunch because you refill your hand up to eight cards. And if I just do the wizard power, now I'm not refilling my hand. So I'm slowing down the pace of the game until I get things the way that I need them to be, you know? So you have some control over the case of the, of the pacing. Excuse me. I've taken it to my family's house and I just love, I can teach it really easily. And but yet there's a lot to think through and a lot of decisions to be made. And it's really tense. You're just kind of groaning constantly like, oh, don't move that or I just set that up. Or sometimes you won't play even all your cards of a suit, even if you could, because you are. I kept thinking, OK, I'm going to play these jester cards and move the jester all the way over. And then he's going to think I don't have any more jester cards in my hand. And then I'm going to get to move, you know, the king next turn and stuff. So it, there's a lot there's a lot of thinkiness in it for for the simple rule set. A really good Kinesia game. I was I was very surprised and happy.
2: Nice. So what did you say the original
1: game was called? Is it the same name? No, it is okay. not the same name. I can't think of what it is. It, it but this made some rule, some minor rule tweaks, gotcha. and the setting was like I don't know, like there was like Saucy Sue, and you know, like <laughs> right. yeah, it was almost like set in a high school or something like that. I don't really remember what it re-implements. I'd have to look on Board Game Geek, but it's it's. Like I said, I think you you and Jessica would love
2: this game, actually. Yeah, I'd be willing to try it out. It's a great filler. This this year hasn't been great for heavy games, but I've been enjoying a lot of the lighter to medium weight games this year. It's
0: 23 bucks on Amazon. I just ordered it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds cool. And I mean, this production the production is, is really nice. Amazing. I know. I mean, yeah. these big, chunky blocks and nice cards. I mean, the mat is a nice little cloth uh, rollout Matt. Yep. So this is this is top notch. I like this. And I mean you know, with Kenizia, I'm always willing to try any Kenizia game. Sure. Just to to see what he's got going on. And some are some are misses, but a lot of them are, are great games.
1: Yeah. This yeah. is one of the the great ones. And I think sometimes people uh have reprinted some of his games just because it seems like it's a free you know, money in the bank sort of thing. But this one, this one's A, a great production, and B, it needed to be brought out again for people that have never gotten to play it. So good job, Yellow.
0: All right, Richie, what have you got on tap?
2: Well, I got to try out Seven Wonders Architects.
0: Oh, I'm excited to hear about this. Well, don't get too excited. Okay. All right, I'm less Um, excited. All
2: right. (laughs) It's not a bad game. It's just, I would say it's kind of a mashup of Seven Wonders and Seven Wonders Duel but like, you could really change the name to Seven Wonders Jr.
0: Okay, so this is a separate game completely. Yes, completely. Okay. So this yep. is a, completely for some separate reason, game. I think I thought it was an expansion for Seven no, Wonders. No, okay. no, no. Completely separate Se- Different game. Different game. Yes. Okay, go ahead.
2: Uh, and it's a very streamlined, lighter version as well. Uh, but basically, the way that the game works, uh, it, I mean, it's like Seven Wonders. You can play up to seven people. I would not suggest that. I think it goes from two to seven. Uh, the two-player game, you have to have a little a weird variant. Honestly, it plays best at like three or four. Okay. really like
0: the original game. Okay.
2: Yep. Uh, but the way that the game works is that you get your own little wonder that's put down in front of you, unconstruct it, and they're all different, and they all have like slightly different powers to them. Uh, the one thing about this game that stands out for me just right off the bat is that the powers aren't really balanced, and the randomness is very high. Mm. Uh, but anyways, you start with your wonder unconstructed. And on your turn, you're going because they have cards if like you think like with uh, Seven Wonders Duel, the cards kind of look like that, where they have the the yellow cards, the, the blue cards, green and then gray. So like the building constructions of victory points and then also the military cards as well. Uh, but on your turn, you have the choice to draft one card from three piles. So you can either because uh, in between you and the person to your left and the person to your right, you'll have a deck of cards of these cards in between you. And then you'll also have where you can draw blind from the main deck of cards. So on your turn, you're going to pick one of those. Either uh, the ones that are on the sides of you are face up so you can see what they are. And then or you can just draw blind. Okay. Okay. And then that's your turn. <laughs> you're going to draw the card. If it's a if it's a material, you'll just store it on your bench. And then you'll check at the end of your turn if you can build a stage of your wonder. Uh, and the way that those work is that like the first one is two different uh, materials. So if you had a stone and a brick, then you would be forced to, you don't have the option to, you have to build that stage of the wonder.
0: Okay. So
2: you'll discard those and build that. And then like it, then it goes up to where you need two uh, equal materials, and then three different, and then three equal, and then the final one is four different materials. Once someone builds their final stage of their wonder, the game ends immediately, and you'll score. Uh, but the other one, so like the science, if you get two of the science symbols you get to get a progress token okay. if you get three of them you could also take a pro if you get two identical you get to take a progress token if you get three the three three of any you'll be able to take one as well and then there's military checks every once in a while there's military cards that have horns on them and then depending on the number of players they have these uh, dove tokens that are sitting out there and anytime you take a military card with a horn on it depending on how many horns are on there you'll flip over those doves to the military side and once they're all flipped. Then you check military, and if you are winning, then you'll just get uh, three victory points for each side that you're winning. You'll just compare yourself to the neighbors. Okay, and that's it. That's the game. Hmm. It's very light. Wow. Like I said, well, why like, did
0: they make this? I think because that's a good <laughs> I, I honestly think
2: because so
1: some people call Seven Wonders a gateway game with some of the iconography and the way it works. If it really, if you are really introducing it to a new new gamer. It, for some people, it can get really uh, hard to to understand how all the cards score and the different icons. I I think, um, and so I think this was made to sort of do that. In fact, I heard somebody refer to it as sort of like Sushi Go Seven Wonders. That's a much simpler drafting game.
2: Okay. Yeah, it is. It plays fast. I mean, that's the nice thing about it. It just seems like, a, like almost a step below gateway game to me though like honestly i i could teach Knox this game and he could play it so i and he's six years old so i don't it's mm. just a for me it's just a little too light it's not a bad game uh, but i don't see where i would ever play this over seven wonders duel or just play seven
0: wonders so is this hitting the shelves sell shelf
2: i didn't buy it oh luckily oh, okay. i just got to try it so oh, okay yeah. well it's even better even better okay. <laughs> and there that's another thing it is expensive the MSRP is, I think, is fifty bucks. Ooh, you hmm. can probably find it for like thirty nine. I think is what the going rate is, like on miniature market, yeah, cool stuff yeah. like that. But uh, it, it's steep for what it is. Now it, it's a beautiful production. Uh-huh. You, you get uh, basically when you open up the box, you'll take out. They're almost like the game trays. Uh-huh. You'll just take out each wonders in, in its own game trays. You take that out. You set it up. You're ready to go. Uh, so it's a very nice production, but just for the how light the game is, hard to justify that price. Well, and yeah. see,
1: if you want that kind of a game, you just get Sushi Go
2: Party. Yeah, exactly. So and you can get that for twenty bucks or less, unless yeah.
1: you, the theme just really speaks to you. I suppose. Why, who doesn't
2: like cute sushi? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's really so. you know Chad C doesn't. Well, there you go. Yeah, and like I said, it's random. A lot of times, <laughs> <laughs> what will happen in the game is that the card to your left and right you don't want. So you're just drawing blind. Yeah. And then, I mean, you could do that four or five turns in a row, Mm. just drawing blind. There is a cat token. There's a one of the point cards has a little cat token that will move around the table. Uh, And if you have that cat token, it allows you to peek at the blind card before you take it. But that's it. Is the cat an architect? uh, It's just a cat. Oh. (laughs) It's a statue. (laughs) If you have the the, the cat statue at the end of the game, you get two points. Okay. All right. uh, but it just moves around the table, and it's one of the cards that you can take that will. But it could some. be
0: if if you're playing with the family for you know that's that wants to play something lighter, and you really like Seven Wonders, maybe this wouldn't be a bad way to play.
2: Sure, yeah, right. I would think this be great for like if you have family members that are not like they're not that into games, right? right. They just right. want to sit down and play something that yeah. Yeah. doesn't take a lot of. Yeah. Work and like I said, a lot of times we're gonna be drawn blind anyways. That's your best choice is just to draw blind and okay. do whatever the card says. Hmm. Okay.
0: Well, good to know. What have you played? Well, I actually got in a game that I I wasn't expecting to play this game. And my friend Brent brought it over and he said, Hey, my mom was at a garage sale and she found this. She she gave me a picture of a bunch of games, and there was one game that said designed by Martin Wallace on it, and it was five bucks. And he was like, get that. So he brought it. And it was one of these times we were waiting for Dan to show up. And so we were just sitting there and I said to Brent, let's just pull it out and just let's read the rules. So we pulled it out and we just started to read the rules and we just decided what the heck we're going to play this game tonight. Wasn't, you know, the rule book wasn't huge or anything like that. And it is called The Arrival. Have you heard of this at all? I own it. You own it. Okay. You own it. It says it's a re implementation of Mordred.
2: Yes. Right. Which was mm-hmm. back
0: in 1999 or something. So mm-hmm. it's also by Martin Wallace. But um, okay. So have you played it? I own it. Okay. <laughs> I will tell you, this box cover does not look good. <laughs>
2: no, it doesn't. <laughs> it
0: I, does I, not look good.
2: I got it in a trade uh, and okay. I just threw it on there. Same same thing. I saw okay. Mar- Martin Wallace. Okay. I'll give it a shot i so, never did give it a shot okay but. so where
1: is it on the scale of brass birmingham to great western trail
0: uh it's, it's not I anywhere don't, on that scale <laughs> <laughs> okay. i
2: don't mind the great <laughs> western trail <laughs> box, but
0: it's not oh the for box covers yes box that's what i meant uh it's not
2: the worst box cover i've ever seen but it, it it's not it's uninspired for sure yeah oh that's okay i mean and that's it's okay. just
0: it's a little strange for nowadays box covers, it looks like know? it just sure. doesn't
2: fit what it yeah, right. Very old you know. school art, and I think yeah. that that was that was reprinted not that long ago, uh,
0: 2016. Yeah, and I, I mean, I realized what they maybe were going for, but, anyways, uh, let's talk about the game. All right,
1: hey, that's a great idea. So,
0: <laughs> the game is a it's, it's basically kind of an area control game. Uh, it, it's uh, the game plays two to four players. Uh, I, I played it at three, and it's like I said, it's kind of an area control game where you are on your turn. Uh, in Martin Wallace Wallace fashion, you have two actions you can take on your turn. Except for the first turn of the game, which guess how many actions you get to take? One. One. I mean, Martin Wallace, when he's got something, he likes to hammer it. <laughs> but anyways, uh, but you're taking these different actions, and one can be you can spread out your basically your townships into different towns, into uh, you know, different areas on the board, or you can fight the the bad guys, these hordes or whatever that are coming down from the North, you can fight them or you can, you know, you just, you have different actions that you can do. Okay. Um, and you're just going to go around until everybody passes as one of their actions. And then once everybody passes, that's the end of a round. And, and, you know, then you'll just kind of reset and, and start again to start the round. I guess I should have said this. I'm sorry to start the round everybody's going to get dealt four cards or they're going to grab four cards from this pile. And then you're going to flip up a couple of them and you're going to choose one of the rows not to get the stuff from, and you're going to put like a marker on it. Then you're going to flip up a third card and you're going to mark another row. So then you're only going to end up with one row of stuff. And this is where you're going to get like these little townships to move out. You're going to get the swords to fight the bad guys. You can get shields to make your areas more, you know, uh, harder to defeat and stuff like that. Um, and then you're also going to get these, the, the bad guy chips, like the, the, you know, so you're also in control of putting out the bad guys so you can attack other people's townships and stuff. You can even attack your own. And now at first, when you hear that, you'd be like, why would I attack my own? But there is a reason why you might attack your own. So anyways, as you're going through, you're just kind of, uh, you'll be playing this round around and the game can last six rounds, but there's also a way where they call this this corruption track if it gets to a certain number that also will trigger the game at the at the end of that round. Well what happens is is you're moving up this con- uh, corruption track at times from doing like taking these different bad guys and then you're also scoring regular victory points around the uh, you know the round the regular track. When the game ends, you're going to look out of the board if there's more of you, you know the people's townships out on the board, then whoever has the most victory points, wins. If you look out on the board and there's more the, the bad guys out on the board, then whoever has the lower corruption wins. So you can kind of go one way or the other with this game. So if you all of a sudden realize, whoa, somebody's scoring a lot of points and it's going to be really hard for me to beat them. You might be like, oh, I'm just going to try to put as many hordes out on the board, and I'm going to start attacking, including, like you you said, you might attack your own just to start getting your own off the board so you can get more of these bad guys out there so then you can try to have the least corruption and win. Which was a really, I mean, I think it's a really cool thing. I mean, there's not very many games where it kind of can depend on which track is how you're going to win. So I thought that was a really ingenious thing. That being said, I'm not sure... That the game has a lot of legs to it. it. It it seemed good and I I would play it again, but I'm not sure. I just feel like it needed something more.
2: plays up to four, right?
0: It's a, plays, yeah, two to four. You yeah. think it'd
2: be better with more? I, or I don't would think, that not make a difference? I don't think really?
0: that would have made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I I don't know though. I mean, I'm not I'm not positive, but I don't know. I just felt like I wish there was maybe something more with how, you know, you're just flipping over these cards and then you're just blocking off, you know, one row. I was like, it almost would have been more interesting if there was some sway to, where you're having to draft or, or auction or something. I just felt like there was something to make it a little bit heavier for what, now, maybe that's not what he was looking for, you know, looking for a light, fun, little area control game, which is, it's not bad for that. Just for me, I just think I, I wanted there to be something more. And I guess for me to say, I'd never heard of this title, and, you know, it being five years old, you know, I'm thinking that it really didn't do all that well out there either. I'm guessing a lot of people just thought, eh, it's, it's an okay game, and that's kind of what I walked away from. I'd play it again. Not anything that I'm looking to You know, I'm not, I'm not going to buy it, uh, even if I found it for five bucks. I think I'd probably pass at this point, uh, but it was still cool to play another Martin Walls game.
2: You sure? I might have a copy for so, sale. For about five bucks.
0: All right, I'll buy it. <laughs> 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 uh, all right, so are we done with uh, recently played? No,
1: I've what? got, I've got some more to talk about. Got, I'm gonna pull a chat. Oh, I'm also that. gonna pull a chat. I another one.
0: I might though. even slip in a third. Whoa. Oh
1: yeah! All right, well, Chad, you go. you go ahead, and we'll let right. Richie finish it yeah, off. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds good. Okay, so uh, have you guys heard of this uh, 2021 game called Meadow?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Clef, Rebel Games, right? Uh, yeah, I yeah. heard a uh, certain... Eric Summer said it was his number one biggest surprise of the year.
1: Yes, yeah. I, I guess... Well, I didn't know he had said that, but yeah. Uh, it it was a nice, pleasant game. Um, it It is designed by Clemens Kalicki. As Richie said, it is from Rebel Games. So this is basically uh, a game about... It's kind of like to Kaido adjacent, meaning it's kind of like who can take the best walk through the forest. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you're just basically trying to build up enough points and build up your tableau uh, and get points through various actions. So in the center, this lasts for eight rounds. In the center of the uh, the board or in the center of the table is a 12 by 12 card grid. Now, uh, the the cards that come into this grid are are various decks that a are basically kind of one deck is land cards, which that means they are the bottom of your tableau all the way across. And then there are other cards that are um, sort of destination cards, which you can get uh, mementos uh, to put that you've gotten on your journey. Uh, And then there are other cards. And this is all about matching icons, really. So on your turn, you have these little action selection tokens, basically. Uh, And they are numbered... One through four, and then there's kind of a a wild one, I think, if you play with less players than four, because it plays uh, from two to four, I believe. Anyway, uh, your action tokens, you're going to be able to slot at different places around that card grid. And then that number is how far you go into the grid, either up the up the column or down the row to pick the card you want. So if I slot a two into the left side of the bottom row, that means I count over two and that's the card I get. Then I get to place into my tableau. Now the first card, like I said, it has to be a land card because land cards don't really take anything to play most of the time. Uh, At least your starter cards don't anyway. but these land cards are what you're going to build on. And then you're spotting icons that you have out in your tableau to be able to play out the next card. So may, maybe on my one of my land cards, I need a toad symbol. Well, maybe my other land card has a toad symbol. So now I can play uh, that card on top of it. Or I can play, you know, so different, different requirements uh, I have to have in my tableau to play a card down on top. And in that way, you know, some of the higher point cards need, Two symbols or possibly even three symbols that you have to have somewhere in your tableau to be able to play that card down so you're just kind of doing that or if you're not doing that you can go to the campfire and there's a campfire slot where you are using the bottom part of your token you're not using the number but you have a special action so for instance if you slot it into the somewhere into the campfire You're going to basically get to use that certain special action. One of them, for example, is play two cards into your tableau at one time. Because uh, if you do that and you use another special action that you can play into the campfire, you can't automatically just play a card down into your tableau like you can when you choose a card from the grid. So anyway, it's... There are limited spots, but then the other thing that you get to do is out around the campfire, um, randomly placed each time when you set up the game, there are the little icons around the campfire. And if you can spot, uh, two items in your tableau that are next to each other in the campfire, you can slot one of your point tokens in and get extra points for the end of the game. Okay. So that's really all there is to it. Honestly, uh, there certainly is luck of the draw because you can. That's another thing that you can do with one of your special actions is just draw off the top of a deck, or you can, uh, you can basically take a card from anywhere in the grid. But then when you do those special actions around the campfire, that means, of course, you can't play it. So it's a nice, relaxed game. It sort of has that uh, wingspan vibe where it's a tableau. It's nature themed. It's not a lot to take in. So most people are going to be able to play it fairly easy. Uh, you do, it does actually, surprisingly for what it is, have some amount of um, analysis paralysis. Because if you keep in mind that, A, there are limited spots around the g- grid that you can slot your token into to get cards. And B, it's the same thing for that campfire spot too. If somebody takes a card that you were planning on right in front of you, it does fill in, but it, it could totally change the game. Because you're talking about, Four and four is the grid, so sixteen cards out there at any given time, all of them having a lot of different icons. So it can really, it can really cause some AP. So if you're playing with somebody who doesn't play very many games, you'll have to be patient with them, I think. But uh, it, I played it at Spielbound, our wonderful Omaha board game cafe,
2: and uh, Bryce taught it, so it was it was an enjoyable game. Nice. It looks beautiful, so I'm I'm definitely willing to try it.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
2: Well, Richie take us oh, home wow well I also played a game with uh, it wasn't really about nature necessarily but plants and whatnot it had some flowers in it and whatnot and that's uh botanic which oh, is yeah. a little two-player game mm-hmm. uh, and this is one that uh, this might be my surprise of the year I picked it up not too long ago uh, but it just sat on my shelf and then as we're getting towards the end of the year I was like I gotta get I gotta get these 2021 games in uh, so in this game it's a little two-player tile laying game and the way that it works is that you have this board uh, in between you and the other player, uh, and it has five columns on it. And at the beginning of a round, and there's three spaces on each of these columns. So there's a space on your side, a space in the center, and a space on your opponent's side. And at the beginning of the round, uh, you're gonna take five of the tiles randomly and flip them out into the center. And then a, a, a round consists of uh, the start, whoever the start player is. We'll flip over three tiles into the arrival zone. Then they'll draft one. Your opponent will draft one, and then you'll finish off by drafting another one. And then that's the end of the round. The pawn goes to the next player, and then they start, and they'll draft two, and then you draft one. And you do that until all the tiles are gone. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to build this kind of pipe system. And it's kind of a a mix between like Lost Cities and almost like Arboretum as far as the scoring goes. Uh, so the way that it works is that there are five different colors of tiles or pipes, uh, and then there are three different types. So there's there's pipes, and within those pipes, there's a bunch of different types of pipes that you can have, and then there's flowers, and then there's vegetables. So when you draft a tile, you don't just put it directly into your pipe system. You have to put it out onto the registry. So you can either put it on your side or you can put it in the center. Those are your two options. In order to put it on your side of the board, it has to match either the color or the type of the tile that's in the middle, okay? Uh, and then if you don't put it in on your side of the board, your other option is to put it into the center. And when you put tiles in the center, what you're trying to do is trying to release those tiles that you placed on your side earlier by changing, it, by changing that middle tile so that it no longer matches uh, a type or a color of the tile on your side. And then it releases and any time that a release and it's possible that you release your tile and your opponent's tile if you both have placed tiles next to that center that center tile. And then you have to place it immediately into your pipe system. Uh, and what you're trying to do, because at the very end of the game, once you go through all the tiles, you you'll score based on you have to have at least three tiles adjacent to each other that are connected to the source tile, the very uh, start tile that you start with that are the same color in order to score any points for them. So if you just had two green pipes and then it went into a red pipe, you get nothing for those greens. They wouldn't score anything. Uh, So you want at least three of a color adjacent to each other to score. And then there are these flowers that are on a bunch of different, uh, a bunch of the tiles, like either one, two, or three. Three, I think uh, three flowers on a tile is the most that you're going to see. But as long as they're all connected back to your source tile, then you'll get to score those as well. Uh, but the the whole releasing, the whole placing in the center uh, is kind of my favorite part of the game because there are times where you can place it so that it releases your tile, but it still keeps your opponent's tile there. Or if you see your opponent's about to, they really need to release this tile, you know, slipping one of your tiles over there so that they do it for you and you get your tile uh, immediately. Or even if there's there's times where you're trying to set up your your network where... You have a tile kind of on hold, but you don't want it yet. And then your opponent just releases it just because they know that's going to screw you up. And you have to kind of just place it off to the side a little bit and hope that you can get it connected back to your source tile before the end of the game. And the game goes quick uh, because if you get to the end, anything that's not connected back to your original tile just gets wiped away and you don't score it. Uh, But a solid little two-player game. Uh, Definitely recommend. I think both your wives would actually enjoy it quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I had been looking at this because it was on sale at Black Friday uh, Spielbound. It was 50% off. Oh, yeah, nice. Uh, I don't know if it's still there, but now that makes me want to check it out. Yeah, definitely worth checking out.
0: Yeah, you're, you're killing me. I just added it to my cart. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I got another one you might be able to add to your cart. Oh,
0: uh, well, God, well, hold on there. So, I want
1: to. Yeah, w- yeah, one yeah. of the things that's really funny is uh, I'm sure you picked this because the theme is steampunk garden, right? The theme
2: comes through and the art <laughs> is beautiful. The art's weird. It's yeah. Very weird. But. The production is actually very nice. You know, it's just, you can tell that the art, I like when the art has a style
1: to it. It's almost yes. like um the Bloody Inn, how the Bloody Inn has a mm-hmm. very stylistic. Okay, so give
2: us the, the last one. You The wow, like. last one. Number three. Number three. Wow. Yeah, I'm slipping, anytime I teach uh, Nox a new game, I'll just slip that in there. I love like hey. it, oh, that's good. Uh, so, Super Mega Lucky Box. <laughs> I love the name of that. <laughs> that's an awesome name. XBL Docious. So, yeah, he always goes in the game room and he's just... He's just looking for something to pull off and say, "Let's play this." And he usually picks stuff that he can't play. Right. But, <laughs> so That's then that I that? just cool <laughs> I direct. Yes, it does. And then I just direct him to somewhere. So Super Mega Lucky Box is essentially bingo. Uh, the way that it works, and this is a game that uh, Isla was actually even able to play. She was on uh, Jessica's team for a while, and then she was like, "I can do this." And so she just played. She played <laughs> her own game. I, I
1: want off mom's game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
2: but it's essentially bingo. So at the beginning of the game, you get three of these. Uh, they call them super mega lucky boxes. So you get three of these cards. They're dry erase cards and you have dry erase markers and there it's a three by three grid of numbers going from one to nine. So you'll get three of those. You'll set them down in front of you. And then there are 18 cards, uh, just one through nine double. And then you'll shuffle those up and you'll deal out nine. The game plays over four rounds. You flip over the first card and that's the number that you can fill in on one of your boxes. And what you're trying to do is complete the columns and rows. Because at the end of each column and row, there are bonuses. So when you complete a column or you complete a row, it will give you some type of bonus. So there are moons, which at the end of the game, whoever has the most moons gets six points. Whoever has the least loses six points. Then there are stars, which you're trying to score the stars all in the same round. So if you get one star in a round, it's only worth one point. But if you get up to three stars in a round, you can score nine points. Uh, Then there are lightning bolts which they allow you just to adjust the number. So when the number is flipped over, if you don't like it, or if you don't have it available on any of your lucky boxes, you can spend lightning to adjust the number. And then the last uh, bonuses that you could get are other numbers that will allow you to fill in on your other lucky boxes or even that one. So like it could be like a seven or some of them are question marks, which will let you fill in any number that you want. There's four rounds. Any lucky boxes that you complete in the first round, I think they're all worth like 15 points a pop, and then at the end of the round, you'll get at least one more lucky box back, a uh, new one back to you. But you're just trying to – there's a little bit of strategy in there because you're trying to time out when you take those bonuses because if you like, if you fill in a row and it's then you can complete a four and you don't have any fours, then obviously you probably don't want to fill in that one yet. You want to kind of hang on to it. Or if you're trying to do all three stars in a row, it's just bingo with just a little – little sprinkled in there but solid game worked really well with the kids and like i said isla she was on jessica's team for a little bit and then she was like i can do this so
0: that's awesome so solid game i've been hearing about that that's great
2: i'm done
1: (laughs) (laughs) that was plenty awesome i'd be really excited to hear this episode i like hearing you know that recent plays are usually my favorite part sometimes of a podcast because i just like hearing a whole bunch so thank you for bringing it let's go to uh let's go to Kickstarter corner. We don't always get some of these, but I think we should have one. Don't you? Sure. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm ready for a nap.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I, pretty huh? soon. We might have to start calling it like crowdfunding corner or something because you know, like oh, yeah. with KickS- this blockchain, Rich, Richie, you're, you're the most technical of, of all of us. What is blockchain? What is that? What does that even mean? I don't know why you're asking me. <laughs> <laughs> I just told you why. Oh, well, okay. None of us are experts in blockchain. No, but uh, here's a Kickstarter corner. Okay, punch, Bunch. This is uh, this is solamente Chad because it is an eighteen XX, but it is a fantastic deal. By the time this episode drops, you will have probably about two days or so. It is supposed to end on January 1st at six o'clock. This game is Shikoku 1889, otherwise known as 1889 History of Shikoku Railways. So this is a classic game. Often uh, people use it as an introductory game. In fact, when it was brought up as a mailbag question and Cole Worley was on our podcast he said this is his favorite to teach a brand new player 18xx and i have had a few plays of of this game and i am here to say that it is a very good entry uh there are some really interesting things that can happen and i will even say uh Joshua Starr from Grand Trunk Games who is producing this kickstarter has even talked about on his blog why it is it can be misinterpreted as a game that you don't get a lot out of after you've gotten those entry plays. You find out though that there is a little bit more to it as you play, and it has more legs than you might at first think because of some quirks that are added to the usual eighteen thirty style formula. Anyway, this game is going to have screen printed wooden tokens, which is great because not unlike. Uh, 61 and 67, which Joshua also produced, uh, you won't have to sticker these and spend like four hours trying to figure out which sticker goes on which uh, token, which was awful. And uh, he's rewriting the rules, which is good. Hopefully they won't be as holy as a piece of Swiss cheese like the 61 and 67 ones were. But uh, this game is only 50 bucks. 50 bucks for an 18xx game. Are you kidding me? That is Oh, amazing! So really, you can't lose if you are at all interested in eighteen XX. This is a must, especially if you're in the states because shipping is is a lot less. So really, really, really need to consider this one. Take a look. Uh, if you're at all interested in eighteen XX, it's a ah, it's a must look
2: at. That's Shikoku. 1889. I mean fifty bucks for a game period right now is really right. Good. It's
0: darn good. <laughs> it's right. really
1: good. And they and this is the Kickstarter, so they're probably gonna get to tile trays, you know, and linen finish on everything. So
0: well, are you gonna get that, Richie?
1: Uh no,
2: but I'm I'm glad Chad's getting a good deal. I'm glad Chad's getting <laughs> a good
0: deal also. <laughs> well, I think we should uh reach into that old mailbag and see what we got in there.
2: Oh, all right, let's do it.
0: Hey, punch bunch. Are you tired of having all your resources and chits all over the table? Well, do I have a solution for you? Magnetic Hex Trays from 3D Bitspace. They will keep your table organized and be a huge space saver. So head on over to 3D Bitspace at Etsy.com and order yours today. And if you mention Punchboard Paradise, you're going to get a free Hex Tray.
2: All right, fellas, we got a question from Derek Hibbler. Uh, First, he asked us in our our Twitter. uh, He has played Five Points Gangs of New York. Uh, It's one of the best area control games that he's ever played, but it looks awful. Uh, So his question to us, have you guys ever played it? And more importantly, what suggestions do you have for getting games that look terrible but play amazing to the game table?
0: Well, I think we can resoundly, the three of us, answer the first question pretty easily. No, <laughs> we have not. <laughs> I have not played it. I have not even heard of it. Um, I'm looking but at I, it right I like that uh I like that time period. Right. So yeah, I'd the history. Be yeah, the history
2: is very interesting. It looks interesting. like it's
0: a three to five player game. It looks like it's on the longer side. It's by Andreas Stedding. Mm. Okay, uh, we yeah. know it's Andreas um, Stedding. Yeah, yeah, and it's a Mayfair game. So I definitely would be down to play it.
1: Do you know what year? Does it say what year?
0: Uh... Uh, yeah it's uh, 2013 oh so that's about eight years more old. recent than i thought yeah um i can see what derek is saying it's i mean the cover is i mean i think it looks fine but i mean i could see where some people would be like Ugh, i don't know and obviously uh, i mean i'm looking at a few of the yeah. pictures here it's getting
2: it's, you know it's it's honestly it's getting tough as i listen to like other podcasts and a lot of them like harp on certain things that are ugly I think Food Chain Magnate is beautiful. And uh, I think the board is beautiful. Well, so it, it's I'm my yeah. I'm skewed these days, but I, I, and the board is not really. beautiful. It's beautiful.
1: No, it the, is so what's beautiful. What's wrong with it? It is. It does what it's supposed to do. But I would never yeah, yeah, say yeah. an That's X. A, yeah. I would
2: never say an 18XX board is beautiful. Oh, I think a lot of 18XX boards are beautiful. <laughs> I've I've had to stop myself from buying 18XX games because the boxes look good. <laughs> i'm not even talking
1: about the box <laughs> well, the the is boards I, too i like okay. i like some of the boards i think it's very functional but it's also clip art uh but i i do like the
2: cards i think the, yes, cards, the cards are great in that I, the perfect. board it yeah it's very it's a very functional board and i i, I find beauty in that i don't know I, I i'm probably not the right person to ask and i don't think oh. clef is now anymore <laughs> with the one he's been playing
0: five points right now is on amazon there's only one copy left
2: Oh, you better put that throw <laughs> <product. laughs> to the cart. I mean, you can buy three games in one night. Oh yeah, my goodness, this,
0: this, this, m- this is this is getting to me here. <laughs> this has been a bad night. I got to go to Jamie's keep forty games and be done. <laughs> I don't know how Jamie does that. That is yeah, that's very impressive, that's amazing. I mean, Evan is
2: what I think Evan said his collection's at like hundred and thirty. Yeah, he's like pretty he keeps good too. Like considering all the games he plays, I could at least see
0: hundred and thirty. Could you? You can get yours down to hundred and thirty. Yes, I think I could get mine down to hundred and thirty. I wouldn't like it where right. I could do it, but I don't think I could get my down to 40. 40 I don't think yeah, so
1: that's down. really hard.
0: Anyways, that's a whole another question. So, ugly games, or you're perceived by a lot of people, ugly games. How how do you get to those to the table, Chad?
1: Well, I, I was thinking about it. I'm trying to think about what the ugliest game I might have is, you know? Um, my... Copy of Indonesia is not really ugly on the map, but it's kind of battered and stuff, you know, because we ordered yes. it from that whatever <laughs> that place candle store. Yeah, yeah it's
0: definitely not attractive. It's, I mean, it's not. So, no. but you
1: know. here's the way I, I would do this I would sell the experience. So to you two, I go, okay, you guys, we're going to play this game that is like, it, it's real mean. And you can basically call mergers on companies that you're not even involved in. All right. And it is so much fun. You are, you know, so you're just I mean, I think you got to get into the experience. Um, and if this person is more of a thematic gamer, you know, or they like the story of it, then you then you go, hey, uh, you know, that uh, Gangs of New York movie. This is really great because it's kind of like you are, you know, taking over a uh, little five points area and you're going after Bill the Butcher or whoever it is. He just bought it. He did. I knew it. He, he sat there and talked for two minutes about getting his games down to 40. But he put, he put it. Oh, man. To paraphrase 40-year-old Virgin, that's an awful nice cart.
2: I'm going to put my game in it. Well, I'm excited to play it now. Yeah. I mean, it looks it looks beautiful to me. I, honestly, for me, I have enough groups that I, don't, I just don't force anything anymore. If... Like if I know if I bring a game to you guys, you don't care. If I say it's a good game, you're willing to try it. Like right, you don't right. care what the game looks like. I don't. I don't take games to Jessica that look hideous. Right. Just because there's enough games out there that that look great that I don't have to get right. over that hurdle. Okay.
0: Okay. But if you did, what advice would you give to Derek? Yeah. Because let's say Derek yeah. doesn't have a group like yeah, us. Derek's not like us. He's you know they look at him and go these are ugly. I'm not playing this five points gangs of New York thing major that I just bought
2: money you have to pay them i don't (laughs) i mean richie that gets expensive you would have to really sell them on the theme i mean i guess Uh, with that 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 was what you would really have to
0: harp on i was thinking the same thing i was thinking because i think if you just go with oh this is a great game with this mechanic and this and this i don't think that that's going to do it for people that want a pretty game so i think you would have to sell them on the theme you know like hey Have you seen the movie Gangs of New York? No. You know, with Leonardo. (laughs) You should. Yeah. What about (laughs) Wolves of Wall Street? (laughs) 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 Anyways, but if, you know, so you'd say, hey, have you seen that movie? And they go, oh, yeah, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, he was so great. And, you know, I mean, Leonardo was in it and everything. And it was just an amazing movie. Well, this board game has that theme in it and we're gonna be doing a lot of the, you know, this and that and type of thing in it. And maybe that would like try to get get you over the hump. Now, granted, if they haven't seen it, yeah, then that's no help whatsoever. But you know, that at least that's I think that's what you have to go uh, though. Because if yeah. you
2: try to like if you really try to hype the game and saying that it's like one of the best area control games, it's most likely going to fall flat. I just that's right. how I usually see it when I like really build up a game and get people to play it, you know, that you may not get a perfect play Right. And it may just fall flat.
0: Yeah. But I think, yeah. So, Derek, that would be my best advice, though. Start with the theme and just tell them, you know, yeah, I know this maybe doesn't look the best, but, you know, give it a try. You know,
2: yeah, Uh, Uh, I, I, I second that. Yeah. I think that's the best bet, honestly. All right.
0: And, Derek, you just got me to buy another game. So, <laughs> so I better it's, better be good, Derek. <laughs> uh,
1: Derek, I wouldn't take it too personally. It obviously, it wasn't very hard. <laughs>
0: it's only my third game I bought in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. Well, you know, uh, speaking of punch punchers, we got a new one in the flock.
0: Yeah. That's right. Chad, I got this one. All right. Mr. Dan Leonard. Wow. Yes. Nice yeah. work. Uh, well, uh, Richie and I both got a chance to... Play a game with him at Age SteamCon. Con. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, is I nice. got to play a few games oh, with him. Oh, and we actually. got to yeah. we
2: got to introduce him to Skull King as well. That is right. We and played. Yeah. he Skull may have thought King. we were a little crazy.
0: I guarantee he thought we were
2: crazy. (laughs) Well, that's good, though. That's awesome.
1: It's always good to introduce people to that game. And he's an Age of Steam fan. So, Dan, Leonard, thank you so much for contributing to our Patreon. We appreciate it. And uh, we know not everybody can do that. But when you can, it helps us out a bunch to be able to do some of the stuff we do. And uh, even... Even retweets and giving us podcast ratings, and uh, you know, just talking about the episodes to your friends those those are great things too. So, thanks so much, bunch. We appreciate you.
0: Well, I think we should uh, do a little featured view. Oh right. yeah! Here we go. <laughs> this is Brian Boru. It's
2: going to be the whole episode. The
0: High King of Ireland. Um, It is designed by Pierre Sylvester, and it is by Osprey Games. My king, how do we help Ireland become a great kingdom? Well, we must join our forces to defeat the Viking invaders. We must extend our influence through the church throughout the land. And we must be cunning with making key matches of our sons and daughters. And that will make Ireland Great! Well,
1: that was really good. Hey, you really was showing your really range now. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't an Irish Ooh. accent, but that's still yeah. pretty good. Uh, this, also, wasn't Mickey do, Mouse. Yeah, was We good. didn't
0: have <laughs> Irish accents back in the day. <laughs> back oh, really? In the really? You didn't oh, know that? Oh, yeah. no, I, I had no idea. <laughs> they came along uh, Braveheart time. <laughs> <laughs> that was
1: uh, Scottish, by the way.
0: <laughs> well, all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: okay. Richie, look at me for a second. Uh, yes. I want you to know that he was at work today, and that is probably when he wrote this. I can imagine him <laughs> in, his office, in his right? office, right? Yeah. yeah, and one of his employees comes in <laughs> and they go, Uh, no, sir, I didn't see you standing on top of your chair practicing a war speech. I'll, I'll get out. <laughs> 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 that took a little
0: bit. out I hey, I'm I'm old, was moved. I'm a little spent. I'm a little spent. <laughs> All right. Uh, Hey, let's just talk about the game now. So Brian Boru is played over three rounds uh, with at the end of the game, the winner is the one who scores the most victory points. There are going to be two main mechanisms in this game. It's going to be trick taking and area control. Uh, To start a round off with, uh, everybody's going to be dealt a hand of cards and you're going to do a little drafting where you're going to take two cards and pass to the left and then, you know, kind of make your hand that way. And these cards are going to be in three different colors. And each color is going to be kind of in the realm of like, like one color will be like the marriage area. One would be the Viking area and one would be the church influence area. So as you draft these cards and they're all going to be different numbers on there, whoever starts the game is going to place a little disc out somewhere on the board in this, uh, on this beautiful map and you're going to place it out there and then You're going whatever, and there's different color dots. So let's say I played one on a red. I am going to start off with, if I get, if I'm the person who put that out there, I'm going to start off and I have to play a red card. So then that's kind of like the Trump color, if you would have, if you'd like to say. Now in this game, no one has to ever follow the Trump color. They can play whatever they want to. So if they play, let's say, uh, let's say you played a red eight and somebody else plays a yellow 10 and then somebody else plays a red uh, 12. Then the red 12 will obviously win because red was lead. Um, Well, I should say, let's say that uh, yellow was like a yellow 15. Even since yellow had a higher number, obviously they don't win the trick because they're not in the Trump color. Then whoever wins the trick will then use the top part of their card. And the cards have a top part and a bottom part. And so they'll use the top part of the card, which is going to allow them to place an influence disc out on the map. Um, which is going to be part of the area control. And then everybody else is going to get to do in order of the number of the cards. They're going to get to do something on the bottom of their card, which is they can basically, every card allows you to pay some money and you can expand one of your discs from a, uh, an adjoining area of where you're already at. Or you can do the other part, which is usually like either move up on the marriage track or move up in the church influence or, get some of these Viking tokens that you're going to use uh, to basically, you know, try to be the best killer of the, the Vikings or whatever type of thing. So in um, every, we're going to, you're going to play all, but one of your cards in your hand and you're just going to go around. And like I said, whoever is the winner of that round will always be the one who gets to choose where the area disc goes out. Um, you're just going to continue to do this until, like I said, you're, you're out of your hand. Then at the end of the round, then we're going to go through and we're going to say, okay, who's the highest on the marriage track? Okay, whoever that is gets a certain card that will help them. And then everybody, that person will go all the way back to the beginning, but everybody else will stay kind of where they're at. And then you'll go to the church and like you have these discs in there. And if you have the most, you get yours all pulled out and everybody kind of else gets to keep theirs in. And then the same thing with the Vikings is like whoever has the most of the Vikings gets some points And then they have to put all theirs back, but other people keep theirs. So sometimes winning is not, you may not even, you know, like, oh, maybe I want to win later uh, on the marriage track or something or or in the Viking thing. It's not always important to necessarily always win each round on those things. So anyway, so you're just going to continue with that. Then we do the area control where then you'll go out. And if you, each area has like, you have to have so many discs or townships in the area. And then it will trigger. And then if you have the most, you get the tile that will say you're going to score that many victory points within the game. You don't score those right away, but you at least have it. And the reason why you want to have it is because it's the type of game that if somebody then comes along and ties you in a later round, you already have it, you keep it. So you don't have to give it to them. They actually have to be higher than you on the area control. You, like I said, you're going to rinse and repeat that for three rounds and like I said, at the end of the game, you're going to then basically uh, whatever victory points you already have. Then you're going to go through and whatever tiles you have for these area controls, which is a big majority of your points, you're going to add those up. Then I think there's a few other little small things that you can get some points for. And then most points is the winner. So there we go. So uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, inspirational speech beforehand and then a little bit of how to play the game. Nice yeah i mean i work hard at this podcast i know <laughs> i know, <You> know. <laughs> i appreciate it <laughs>
2: i mean honestly i'm shocked you went into management with, with that range you got <laughs> in acting
0: yeah, uh, yeah. I, I missed my calling no, you did you did i really should be in in germany with ben maddox right now just uh you know yeah it. <laughs> you could be a stunt double for ben <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> i would be honored to be a stunt donald <laughs> <role for Ben. laughs> uh
1: so let's talk about art art and components shall we uh osprey games is kind of known a lot of times with their higher production and and yes. components
2: what do yeah, you think across the board I, I mean i love this production but yeah like you said osprey i mean it's like eagle griffin like their big box games are fantastic but their little box games they don't put the same type of effort in what i would say with osprey every game looks fantastic and yeah this is no different
1: and sometimes you're paying uh, a little bit more I, th- I feel like for osprey games like you can feel it yeah. but i think this one seems worth it now i i would say it's a smidge above average but it it's fine you know it the art has a style to it some people might like it and some people m- might not it's sort of almost in that inish style where it, yes. f- it feels sort of uh old english old irish celtic type type thing
0: the board is beautiful to me i mean that uh, the box cover is beautiful. The board is beautiful. This is one of those games. Uh, now, I-, I won't say that the the board sold me, but it certainly made me be like, yes, this is definitely a game that I want to pick up. Um, you know, there was another reason why this game sold me, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But yeah, as far as the components and, the, and everything goes wonderful great job
1: Rulebook is really clean too it's and there's not yeah. too much uh in the way of mechanisms to this game but still the way it's laid out with examples and and uh pictures i think it's it's very good for that
0: yeah no i easily understandable rule book no issues whatsoever there i was able to read it right from the rule book and have absolutely no problem learning it and yeah being able to play it immediately you know quick read great yeah great uh, rule book and great components yeah
2: although with the rule book I'm, I was just going through BGG here it looks like there's a slight discrepancy between the german and english rules it's a long thread i'm not going to get into it but apparently maybe huh? hey, that's something to be aware of okay good good looks call like the out translation okay. the translation might
0: have just maybe yeah. not
2: come completely okay
0: hmm. well what do you guys think uh, about the gameplay well okay so I'll real quick I'll throw in so the reason that i got this game is because the designer, Mr. Pierce Sylvester, he did another game that I really love, which is Richie has talked about it on a, some podcasts and I've gotten a chance to play it and I, I love it and I own this one too. It's called The King is Dead.
1: The King is
0: Dead. Uh, doesn't, doesn't quite have <laughs> the same <laughs> ring. Doesn't have the same ring. So I was certainly intrigued when uh, he We printed another game and it looked very interesting. So I definitely wanted to pick it up because of that. I will say my initial like out of the gut reaction was it was a little lighter than what I thought it was going to be. Okay. It is, I mean, if you're looking for a nice combination of a trick-taking game and area control that's not super complicated, this is really a good game for that. Because the trick-taking is super, I mean, it's dumb, stupid, simple. I mean, there's no trouble with it at all.
2: It's almost like a one-time you know, bid around. It is. Than, it is more than, more than, than anything, a trick-taking. It, yeah. yeah, it's I sort of would, trick-taking adjacent, really. It
0: really is more, yeah, because there really is, you can play whatever. I mean, there is, now there's strategicness to it, really, 100%, but there's not really necessarily, you're not... Always looking to win the trick necessarily. No. It kind of reminds
2: me of, so. of Furnace during the bidding, where you yes. kind of sometimes you just want that compensation. You want that, you know, right. the other action, the not, bottom action. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: And
1: some of those cards, so if you win it, they don't talk about it, but that action of putting out an area control disc can be good, but sometimes those really high cards cost you like two money, yeah. which is really hard. Ooh. So often, if you're tight on money, you can't even play a card that you would want to get the area. Yeah. That's um, true those wild cards too are nice. We didn't, I mean, that's sort of like if, if the lead card is a Trump, then that's sort of the Trump Trump uh, of, you know.
0: Yeah. There are like three white cards or five. I can't remember. However, and they can be any color that you want. Yeah. To to Trump it in there. But yeah, Uh, I will say that of my plays, I've realized that sometimes you can't go too hard into one thing in a round. Like if you go really heavy into the marriage track, you might be way up there and it doesn't do you any better than just beating somebody by one spot. There's no other bonus or anything for it. If you get all the Viking tokens, it doesn't help you any more than than anybody else. So I think there's a real neat balance of how hard do I want to go at something? But now if I forget it, somebody could sneak up and do it. But if I hit it again, I might be way too high up, and then it's like, okay, it doesn't you, even matter.
1: You've wasted actions. You've yeah. limited yourself. Sometimes yeah. that happens in later rounds especially. So
0: I, I like that out of this game. I think that's a really interesting thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. and I, I love the card draft at the beginning of each round because you really do have to get the right hand. Because right. like If you get too many of those white cards, it can really screw you, especially if you just start winning tricks that you are not expecting to win. Right. Because, and Chad said, as far as like some of those costing you money, they don't, and if you don't have that money, you're going to lose two points for every coin that you're missing, which can be a big hit in this game. Right.
1: Yeah. You know, one fault I, in my few plays that I've had with it, what my one I would fault it for is I kind of wish, and I understand the compensation stuff, but I kind of wish it was easier to win with lower cards once in a while. It kind of feels like sometimes you're if you have a lower card, you just already know what's going to happen with it. You know what I mean? Uh, very often, it's hard to win with one of those lower cards, and so you don't you're you're playing a card automatically expecting you don't get much surprise with that.
0: Uh, yeah. I will give you that because I mean I, I think Richie. Both me and you tried this one game where tried to go heavy into a color mm-hmm, so yeah. that maybe you could you know get other people to run out of it so then you could play a lower number and potentially win with it. I, there are Didn't times, work, yeah, but. <laughs> there are times where I wish and and I'm just in my head now. I'm just wondering, wow, what if the German translation is different here? I sometimes wish that almost you had to follow suit when you played a card. I, I was like almost wondering how that would be if you had to follow suit because then you could like, you know, play a couple of different reds or whatever and get other people to lose their reds. And then you could play your four red and potentially win with it. Because as chess, I mean, it's almost impossible. I mean... Yeah.
2: No, I tried to go two suit at that one time and then just keep playing yellow cards. And then hopefully mm-hmm. you guys were just out of yellow, but it right. didn't work out for me. Yeah. Um, and I don't just browsing through that thread it it looks like it's something to do with the five player game it's nothing major it's not a major rule it's just something about setup for a five player game
1: and i haven't played at five player i played at four and three uh what have you guys played
0: at i've played at. four i've just played four okay
1: um i would say four just As we're talking about it right now, we'll just uh, kind of quickly segue, and we can also keep talking about gameplay. But I will just say I think 4 is better than 3. I don't know if I want to go 5 just because I really like the snappiness of 4 enough that I don't think it needs 5. I don't think it'd be a whole lot more time, but I I still like the playtime at 4, and I think you'd probably get what you want out of it, and you're not missing much uh, if you don't do 5.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I mean, 4
2: seems to be yeah sweet spot
0: yeah i don't uh, i don't know about three i would agree that maybe three seems a little too loosey but uh
1: it's you can do different you're not as affected by the track stuff right because it's not it's not like at scale some of the the viking stuff or the church stuff or the or the uh, marriage card so it's kind of like everybody could do one thing kind of if they wanted to and and you're not as affected about it right 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 um one thing that we didn't talk about that I also found to be fun and not that other games haven't done this with area control, but some of these, so we we haven't really talked about it much, but there are these regions and that's essentially what you're placing in. But also some of these circles or dots within a region have roads and the roads can connect all uh, along the map in different places. So you can kind of set down in a road and one of the card actions are like pay a certain number of coins to just move up the road and occupy the next spot and if you're on the long point of a road you can kind of keep going and so sometimes it really uh, it is advantageous for you as an opponent to place down uh, on a on a disc that's on the road to block off another character and make sure it's a color that you think you can win the trick on. Uh, and I kind of like that, you know, you kind of have options, but you can stop it. You know, you can stop other players. So that's another level of interaction there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that is interesting how it's not just all connected, like in most games or whatever. I did like that. That was, that was cool. Replayability variability. I mean, do we find this, where do we find this, Richie?
2: I mean, replayability I think is there. Cause I think that even though the game is lighter, I think there are a lot of strategies to explore, uh, variability. I mean, it's, the same setup, it's the same cards, but kind of like with Inish, like once you get to know those cards, the actions on them, once you know like the different, uh, the people that you can marry, all those different types of things, I like the the strategies that can be developed off of all of that knowledge. So variability low, but I would say overall, the replayability is pretty high for me.
1: Right. I, I, do, I do think that what you said is true. There's not going to be a lot of uh, variability, but it is a game that, you know, well, I can explain really easily and quickly uh, and and get to playing like I, I I can play this with some of my family, not all of them, but I can just say, okay, we've played a bunch of trick takers so it does you know it may not be essentially a trick taker, but you can kind of tell them this this is what it is and then you just want to have these towns on the board.
0: Variability I don't think you're gonna get a lot. it's it's gonna be fairly sane. I think replayability is, I'm gonna say it's gonna be average for a game because you certainly could, Try different routes of, you know, figuring out maybe is there some better areas maybe to try to control and try to capture? Um, you know, is it better to try to go church? You know, and, uh, and one thing we didn't say about like the church, when you win that, you actually get to put out a, like a ring around one of your townships and it counts as two as opposed to just one for area control. So that, that's good. Um, So, but I would say overall, I would say it's just kind of average. I think I could play this game three or four more times, but I don't see it being a game that I could play a lot. Where, like his earlier game, The King is Dead, I could really see I could play that game a lot because it really has a lot of has a lot more depth in it and doesn't to me the player count it just is always the same. Yes, it's going to be similar, but I I, in in uh, the fact that there's not much variability. But just the replayability in that, I think, is higher than this. Uh, not that you know that I'm just comparing these games, but just as a kind of a side note. Well,
1: we should get to our ratings. I think now's about time.
2: Uh, Richie, you want to let him know how you rate this stuff? Sure. So on Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a six-point scale, with a one being a game that makes you miserable, and a six being a game that could potentially make your top ten of all time. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Woo! Clef, get us started.
0: Well... I like I said I like this game I really do I th- I found it to be very interesting I like the trying to figure out do I want to win this trick do maybe I want to try to wait um you know do is it uh, which track should I go after I found all that very fascinating of how that was working together and and the whole just everything about it was very 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 interesting um. But like I said, it wasn't quite maybe ah, as as meaty as I was maybe looking for. And maybe that's on me, okay, uh, saying that. And I wished the trick-taking was a little bit more part of it. Um, as Richie kind of said, you know, and, and Richie kind of nailed it on the head there, where it almost felt like a bidding system than it felt like a trick-taking system. Um, so overall, I'm going to say I like this game. If you like The King is Dead, I think you should try this because it definitely has, you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's it's a good design by the same designer, so I think it's it's worth checking out. I'm not saying it's a go buy on, you know, on the spot, but I would say it's game worth checking out. It's beautiful. The production is just absolutely gorgeous for in my opinion. I'm going to come in and I think this is a solid 4. You know, I don't see it necessarily, it, it may make my top 10 games of the year simply because, you know, there's not a lot of necessarily great games out there, but I think in a lot of years, maybe it might be like a ride on the out skirts of my top 10 of the year. And I think it's a game I'm going to keep in my collection, but I don't think, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's just not quite uh, able to get up to a five, but I definitely don't think it's a three. Somebody said, Hey, let's play it. I'd would be like yeah I'm up for it and let's let's give it a shot so I'm gonna throw it in at a four so
2: Richie what say you well I'm kind of in the same spot maybe I'm a, I might be a, a, just a tick higher I'd probably be like at a four point five because mm. okay. I is a game that I did pick up uh, after after our plays and I really enjoy it I like the because there's another uh, Jiraku it was the other kind of trick taking area uh-huh. control game that I own that it just doesn't really work that well whereas i would say that this does work really well as far as marrying those two mechanisms uh but i enjoy it quite a bit uh if you had a group uh, you know that was kind of into trick takers i think you could bust this out and you know get a little bit more of a, a game in with them outside of just playing trick taking games with them uh but like uh like we've talked about the variability is not high on the game uh so that that's going to probably prevent it from hitting the table as often as mm-hmm. I probably like. Uh, so ultimately I'm going to come in at the four, but I, it's really probably like a 4.5 for me. Okay. okay, Jed. Gosh, I'm going to sound like a punch borders broken
1: record, but I, I basically identify with a lot of what you said. Again, I think it's important for me to state that yes, this isn't for send but, That's a good thing too, because I'm not going to teach for Sin Volk to some of my family members, but I I can easily pull out this one. I can easily pull this one out every two months or something and be happy with the way it plays and get the experience I want to out of it. And that's kind of the way I feel about it. Again, when I first played this, I was like, oh, this could be a five. Is this a five? But only because just like what Clef said, it probably (laughs) makes my uh, favorite 10 of the year in a weaker year just straight up a week or year Uh, so I would give this a really high four but it's not given a five because I feel like uh, when we do our punch board previous plays of this in five years uh, we'll probably just might be might be in a decade (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we'll probably uh, it would probably have to be a four then so I'm just going to give it a four right now there you have it punch punch fours across the board a game you should check out
0: make Ireland great again (laughs) I think we're ready for a little uh, BGG Top 100. We're still counting down. You guys ready for this? Let's do it. Ready. Okay, so last week we left off with an amazing game in Dominant Species, which was at number 75. So now we're moving to number 74. Wow, this is one of one of the first game, Euro games I think I owned. This is Five Tribes.
2: Oh, yeah, I still own Five Tribes.
0: I, as I do, too. I don't know why. I don't ever play it, but I do own it. <laughs> I always...
1: I mean, I'd be happy playing it. I just, it's never the first thing that I grab, but we all like, I mean, I have some friends that really like this game. Stephanie is happy to play it. Um, the expansions make it really good. Uh, the, the Kings one, what is that called? Where you just, you can get higher point tiles or something like that.
2: Yeah. I don't remember what it's called though. It it was the latest expansion. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's a two player game for me. Basically. I just played with Jessica. So it's a lot of setup for a two player game. So that's probably why it doesn't get off as often, but I, I mean, I think I've played it this year, so uh, it is still hitting the table every once in a while.
1: I think that the latest expansion too is what makes it a good two-player game yeah. because then you do want to go first more, and you do yeah, bid more makes to that go first, way more interesting. Yeah, because you can get those high-point tiles on your turn.
0: Yeah, that was the one thing that I never quite jived with the game was the 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 bidding of the turn or whatever. You know, it just seemed like a lot of games it would just be like everybody would just be zero zero zero, zero and yeah. go, you know, type of thing. Yeah, but. Um, I still think it's a very, very good game. i I'll probably come in at a four for me. I still own it in my collection. I, if somebody was like, I really want to play Five Tribes, I'd be like, cool. I just don't see myself being like, hey, let's play Five Tribes.
1: This is going to be a four for me, but the reason it does stick around in my collection is because I think it's the heaviest Days of Wonder game that they've made that I can think of anyway, because uh, it has, yeah. you know, it has a lot
2: of thinkiness to it and it's still pretty accessible. Yeah. Now, with all the expansions i it would come in at a five for me i i do enjoy it quite a bit
0: wow okay all right uh what well, we got we got some just bang busting games right here going on it, it is the top 100 it is bang but i mean busting bang busting <laughs> give me some of that bang busting games all right number 73 seven wonders
2: Let's i just see. played this for the first time this past year and during the uh, oh,
0: yeah. lockdown.
2: crazy to me. So you played Duel before you played Seven Wonders. Yes.
0: Wow. Ah, oh. yeah. I have played Seven Wonders 50 times at least. At least. Uh, used to be my wife and Mason and me would play this game on a nightly basis almost, just the three of us. And I mean, you, you can pop out a game in half hour, 45 minutes, you know, when just everybody knows what they're doing. You can just really, you know, churn it along. It is obviously it, it started a, it started a huge, you know, drafting that type of type of game. You know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's definitely a, a iconic game.
1: So I'm probably going to play this this weekend because we have a group of, of six coming over to play. And uh, it's really funny because I got some party games together because it's a, a lot of Stephanie's theater friends. And so I was like, Hey, what do you think of this, Stephanie? Um, and she goes, yeah, you know, um, they're more cerebral. Than you. And I was like, "What? <laughs> wow, wow! Wow! What?" And I was like, this. is a theater bunch. Jeez." They should bust out a lizardo. I know, right? Wow. Wow. Shove that in their face. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but we're we're gonna play we're gonna play seven wonders with six. I mean, the great thing about this game, I like it best at three because everybody affects everybody else around the table. I think that's sure. why. But uh, it's just as fast at six, essentially, because of you know, simultaneous actions,
2: basically.
0: No, it's never just as fast because you always have the one person in six that's just like, give me 10 minutes to look at these four yeah. cards while that's I, why I, I draft
2: I, one. That's why I prefer like Sushi Go, Sushi Go Party for like a larger, more casual drafting game. Yeah, but these people are more cerebral,
1: so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay. Uh, I mean, I'm going to give it a five just because it is... Such a great game, and it has such great memories for me. It's darn close to a six in that thought process. It's not going to make my top games of all time anymore. But that's just because of you know I play different games. But I still think for a soft spot in my heart, I'm gonna give it a five.
2: I only have the one play of it, and I you know I like Seven Wonders Duel better, and I like Sushi Go better. So I, I'd probably come in at a three. But as far as importance to the hobby, yes, it'd be it'd be higher. Clef is correct. I'm also gonna give this a five.
0: All right. Well, can you loop that like a few times somewhere, <laughs> Clef Yeah, we'll correct. clip it. <laughs> All, right. All right. Number seventy two, the original Clank. A deck building adventure.
2: I I still play, I just played Clank this past weekend with the the Stuckies. I Clank Legacy made me like Clank more <laughs> because Clank Legacy games go on way too long. We yep. had a three hour Clank Legacy game, wow. I and mean, that is just way too long for that game and just Uh the i like the the little you know the little extras that the expansions give you just through different maps is perfect for what you're getting out of clank how about that though Uh, what'd you do last night
1: oh we played this uh little three-hour race game (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i love clank and i think for two reasons first of all it kind of started, I mean, I know that there was Legends of the Underdark uh, as well, which was sort of that d and um, I think it was almost an area control, but it was sort of marrying deck building to another mechanism, uh, because there wasn't a lot of that before, uh, and Clank sort of really popularized it, and it just does it so well, and the other thing I think it does better than most games is it straddles Euro and Ameritrash so well. Mm. you're drawing out of that bag randomly and you have those stand up moments like am i going to die underground am i going to die you yeah. know mm-hmm. yeah. uh, yep. but then you have this completely deck building euro mechanism uh, that is controlled by and it's it's fantastic for that so when you show this to like relatively new gamers they usually go gaga over it because it's just yeah. a really cool marriage
0: yeah I, one of my favorite parts is when you're pulling your the cubes out and you're like, okay, I only got two cubes in here. And, of course, what do you do? You pull out your two cubes. You're like, <laughs> yeah. how? How did I pull out mine? Yeah. Yeah. and Yeah. It is a great game. I sold my copy just because I felt like I, not that I didn't like it, but I just feel like I'd kind of played it mm-hmm. enough for me. And then, of course, I played playing uh, the Clank Legacy, which, you know, I enjoyed aspects of it. But as you yeah. said, there's... It just took so much time, you know, to, okay, let's let's go over the whole scenario. And then halftime, I forgot what the things were that were going on during it, you know. And honestly, and I, I think we've talked about this, but the last game where we were almost cooperating to that try to do fun. something was the most <laughs> yeah. fun, you know. And I was like, why weren't there more of the, the games like that? But, uh, but obviously, we're not talking about Clank Legacy right now. We're talking about Clank. And it is a tremendous game and a very fun deck building type of game. Uh, I'd throw it in at a I throw it in at a 4 for me.
2: My family would give this a 5, I'm going to give it a 4. I'd come in at a 5. It is a fantastic family weight game.
0: All right, our next entry here at number 71 is Chad, Go ahead for Michelle and say what the game is. <laughs> Teotihuacan,
2: <laughs> City of the Gods.
0: All right. So good old Teotihuacan. Um <laughs> sunshine <laughs> <laughs> this game for me woo, just didn't hit the mark for some reason uh, i played it i mean i've played it i'd guess probably somewhere seven to eight times i would guess i liked it a little better when i started and then as i kind of realized what was going on even with the expansions it just kept calling kind of falling flat i eventually got rid of my copy and just you know, don't. Uh, in fact, it's probably my least favorite of the T games, and I few of the T games I love, like uh, mm-hmm. to and Sui. I I love that one. Oh, I, I think still that, need to play that one. So I, it's good. It's fun. <laughs> Makes Chad laugh every time. Say Chad, any of the team that, was, uh, that was as close as I've heard you get to the actual title in a long time.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I was saying, wait, and they added this to Board Game Arena, which that's actually usually a good thing for me because then uh-huh. I can just play it a bunch. Right. And I, the more I played this, the more I disliked it. And then I eventually got rid of my copy. Uh, so yeah I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with you I still have my copy and I,
1: although I'm not always excited to play when someone wants to play it I play it and then I'm like oh yeah I, I really enjoy it but I I totally understand where you guys are coming from I can't fault you for that and and I don't blame you at all I I could easily have this experience I think one of the things that really kills it is it's so damn procedural and you don't have like a player aid thing that says I just need to print one out that says do this do this do this do this do this because inevitably almost all the time because you have all these things that trigger in that game when you do an action you forget something
0: yeah I w- we just recently played a game that had like this the what you do on a turn like on the first player marker and I was like that's what that game needed it needed a just a a, a placard almost and you just should have went down and said okay did I trigger any uh, technologies did you know I do this? Did I have to turn my dice? Did I have to go here? Yeah, I think that's what kind of turned me off to it. Is it was so procedural every single turn? It just it just didn't work good enough for for me. This was another two where I
1: really did like the what the solo game was trying to do, but it was so darn fiddly. It was a churchy uh, solo design. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like I said, I really enjoyed it, but like halfway through, I had to take a nap and then wake up again <laughs> and finish the solo game because. Mm. It, oh. it was taxing.
0: Yeah. The nap was probably better. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm, so, I'm coming in at a two. I mean, this is oh, a wow. game. I, if somebody wants to play it, I am going to actively say, can we play something else? And that I think that's the only, out of all the tea games, I think that's the only one that I would say that about it.
1: Hmm. When he I'd, says, can we play something else? It just means he doesn't say
2: anything and he slaps it out of their hand. <laughs> 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 <Posh>. <laughs> uh, if the group really pushed for it, I would play it. So I'd probably come in at a three.
1: I'm actually going to say a four, because I still have it, and there are reasons to like it for me.
0: Okay, so to finish off our group of five for this one, we have number 70. It is a, another, well, I think part of a trilogy here, which is the Paladins of the West Kingdom. I start to get confused on which one is which. Now, <laughs> have you played Viscounts? I yeah. played them all. Yeah. Okay. Dan bought them Dan, all. Right. Dan still them bought all, them yeah. all, yeah. So I played them all. But I just get confused in my head of which. Paladins one does is which. the
2: one where you have the you have that big board. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you have your own board. Nope. let me oh, bring board. it back. <laughs> you have a, there is a big main board, but you have your own board where you're you're placing them down, like a card tableau or a like, worker placement type thing, like worker placement type okay. thing, and then you're triggering the actions on your board to do the stuff out. Sure, I think
0: okay see <laughs> exactly that's my point you kind of start to get confused i mean they're they start to blend together uh, i appreciate what shim phillips is doing and i think he's pumping out games
1: which is respectable there are a lot of these small publishers that can only put out like one or two games he's he's like i think he feel, i feel like he's really got a great pace going and you know so he does a lot of good things but it shocks me that dan has Mr. Don't Put a Euro in front of me has all these kind of multiplayer solitaire games.
0: You know what he said to me the other day? I was talking to him and he's, you know, because he goes to other places and he's like, Yeah, I played Maracaibo the other day and I did this. And he's like, I just don't want to play Euros on Friday night. That's, that's what he told me because <laughs> that's our night. He's like, I just don't want to because when I'm with you guys, I don't want to waste the time that we could be playing something that's more interactive or more heavy or this. He just, I just don't want to play Euros on Friday night. And I was like, you know, I get that, you know and I mean? Yeah, it
2: makes sense. I, like, I, I don't want to play Mansions yeah. of Madness with you.
0: Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> we have our own kind of groups. Now, sometimes it's frustrating because sometimes it's like, you know, Imperial Steam, I was really excited to show them and he just was like, you know, no, I'm just not going to do it. And so, I mean, I did eventually teach it to him, but it's it's sometimes it's hard for me to get Euros to the table. See, big, big main board and then you have your own little board. That's, that's great. That makes still nothing to me. Uh, I will say this. I know this for a fact. I know whatever the first one is, I didn't like that much. Then this was the second one, right? At yeah. This little there trilogy. was Architects. And I liked this one better. Yes. And then the Viscounts, I liked even better. I think I, I liked them better as they went along for me.
1: So I haven't played the last two, the Viscounts or the Paladins. Which one has the little thing, the center thing where you're like slotting cards into or something like that? viscounts has the circular has thing okay
0: circular okay thing. Yeah. that's what i'm uh-huh. thinking of all right yeah. yeah yeah have you played them all
2: yes uh, i happened to be over here both for paladins when dan first got it yeah and we, he just set it up and then viscounts oh okay it, it must so. have not been a friday night then. <laughs> no I it was a friday night <laughs> dan, uh, brent was occupied i think it was during oh. his busy season at yeah. okay. school sure. maybe
0: when richie's here it's okay i don't know <laughs> 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 uh i I'm I'm just going to say a 3 just cuz I can't I mean I it's a game that if somebody really wanted to play it I'd be like okay I haven't played it in a while but it's certainly not a game that i would look forward to getting back to the table so but I'll give it a 3.
2: Yeah, I think they're all 3 cuz that they all fall in that camp for me. I don't yeah. I don't hate them. I wasn't miserable playing them but I I just would not actively seek it out. Right. I'm going to abstain since I haven't played.
0: All right. So there is the next five in the BGG Top 100. We're getting down there.
1: Some of these games, you know, I I wouldn't think to pull off the shelf. You know, it's just nice to be able to talk about them. And sometimes, you know, some of them are, are hard to find games too.
0: Yeah. But you know what? If you live in the Lincoln area, you can always head to your local hobby town. And if they don't have that game, which they have a huge selection, but if they don't have it, they can order it for you. Free shipping.
2: And if you're unsure about any of the games... They have a fantastic staff there that is willing to help you out figure out exactly what you need.
0: That's right. So if if like I said if you're in the Lincoln area, head on down to Hobby Town. They got two locations there and they are ready to help you buy some board games.
1: Okay well i one thing is I forgot before I left my house to bring my gavel uh i, I good <laughs> <Honestly>. <laughs> so, <laughs> objection uh, but so anyway, you should still all rise because the honorable.
2: Chad A. Jacobson.
1: You still haven't gotten judge.
0: a
2: bailiff that can
1: introduce no.
0: you.
2: <laughs>
1: look, look, that is a Patreon <laughs> I mean, goal. But we, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quit Mason. Mason <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh,
0: uh, he might say some other things. You might have to bleep yeah, out. Yeah, huh? we definitely <laughs> would. he be.
1: I've never seen a bailiff who just introduces the judge while giving him the solid finger <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, well. So the assignment was for these two uh, attorneys at law to provide some good uh good information and defend their game which clef had race for the galaxy <laughs> richie had race Ro- richie roll, had roll for roll. the galaxy excuse me
0: uh i will i will let richie go first again i will okay okay let him talk. all right
2: uh, uh, let's so we, you we have, might have to talk about board court too at the end of this. <laughs> have a little on air discussion about board court.
1: Okay, we'll we talk about board Do we court? have two well, minutes? Is that how much?
2: Uh, it's something like that. Who cares? Okay, <laughs> a minute. This, is, this has gone off the rails clearly. <laughs> Here's the thing already. <laughs> I think I like both of these games more than Clef. Honestly, <laughs> uh-huh. I, played, uh, in, I played roll for a hundred and I played role 150 some odd times, I played race oh. 50 some odd times. Wow, roll for the galaxy. Uh, The reason a lot of people don't like it is because they think because there's dice that it's random. In my opinion, after all my games played, I have more control and roll for the galaxy than I do race for the galaxy. I like them both. But race for the galaxy is much more random. You can't control the cards that come out of the deck for you. You can take the explorer action that lets you take a look at five and keep one. But you do not have the same control that you do over your dice with role for the galaxy and you also when you do do that explore action you're scouting for tiles you have an option on both sides of the tile so it's either a planet or it's a development and you can build your tableau if you are experienced in the game you can build your tableau very easily to control everything and it is a game that in my opinion skill wise you can build up in roll much easier than you can in race uh, just because of that randomness. Now, I would think Grace is actually better if you are playing with someone who's new to the system, just because of that randomness will kind of equals out between a, a very experienced player and a, a non-experienced player. But honestly, they're both great games.
0: Okay. All right. Thank you, uh, Clef. All right, Your Honor. Uh, <laughs> I love this. I'm going to start off by saying Richie should win this. I mean, Wolf for the Galaxy is one of his favorite games. He, I put, he's played it a ton. I just found out he's played it over 150 times. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it's close to his top 10 of all time. Everything in this favors Richie. Okay. But let's be honest. Race for the galaxy is the more pure version. It is the more strategic version. In roll, He says, it's not random. It's still a random dice. And then you have to deal with what you have in race okay, maybe you don't have the card you were maybe looking for, so then you have to redo your plan and go, okay, well, these are the cards that I have. So I need to use these cards. And then the really cool part about races, always which role do you choose? Which, what is your opponent going to do? And you have to choose the role, and then you hope, oh, and then you both pick the same one, and you're like, ah, oh, I could have done this other action. It just is so much more enjoyable in that way, and I think it is by far the more strategic game. But I really think you should let Richie win this one. So that was good. So <laughs> I
2: wish you would have just told me so, that. So I didn't do any amount of studying for this at all <laughs> or any amount of thought of this during my work week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you weren't standing on a chair practicing your defense of yeah, uh, Roll for I the Honestly, I had to throw this together real quick because I when I spent so much time on this series here.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, Richie, would you care for a rebuttal? Uh, sure. As far as more strategic, I, I I don't necessarily agree with that. The As far as the action selection... It's the same between both games, and they both suffer actually at a higher player count. That tension goes away when it's four or more, just because almost every action is selected. You don't really need to worry about it. Uh, Both games play better at two and three, in my opinion, for that part of it. Uh, As far as more punishing game, Uh, with race, you're using your cards that are in your hand to pay for your planets that you're putting out. So if someone selects settle, if you're trying to work out what do you think they're going to pick, and you don't pick settle... And you're hoping that they do pick settle and they don't in race, not that big of a deal. Whether they pick it or not, you'll have the cards in your hand and roll. You are assigning your dice to that action. And if that action doesn't happen, you're out. You're out those dice. Those dice could have been somewhere else making you points or getting money to get more dice back into you. And in this case, they're just done. So it's definitely more brutal as far as the consequences. If you don't get that right in roll, than it is in race. Okay. Well,
0: I totally agree with Richie. Is that your rebuttal? Uh, I'll be quite honest with you. He hasn't I haven't played race in so long. I haven't played race <laughs> in forever. I think I've played roll like once. I didn't even right. remember you had action selection and roll. I thought that was something different for race. So, yeah. I, well, you can. Great job, right, Richie? <laughs> you can thank me uh, now
1: because yeah. I'm going to make sure you get in your plays of race. So. So you right
0: after t- I get done with my Concordia <laughs> and my 1830 <laughs> place, yeah. You need to do, you need to uh, to start up on
1: those. And Richie, uh, you you win because I thought you had some salient points, uh, and uh, you sounded like you actually did do some work and had some intelligent
2: things to say. about Well, it. I mean, the thing I have played these games way more than Clefass. Yes, and I, yes, When yeah. I was doing, I was like, I'm probably going to end up just arguing both games, right? <laughs> yeah, against each other. But
0: now, one it, it, point. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I I was just going to say, and I think, you know, as we've been having fun here with board court, but I think we need to get back to it being a little bit more pure because the original board court thought (laughs) was you give two similar games to people that both of them, the the game that they get is a game that they love. And so they want to argue for it. I mean, if we look at the history of board court, I have had to argue for Root I've had to argue for 1830. <laughs> I had to argue for Concordia and now Race for the Galaxy, which amazingly, I've played Root more than any of those games.
2: <laughs> you don't own and, any of them.
0: And I don't own any of them, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I I, mean, I'm just saying, I think we need to get back to the more pure version where we are arguing for a game that we love. I mean, the only one that I've won is the Seven Wonders Duel, and that game I really love, you know? Well,
1: so I would say, you know, I, I would just say, you there aren't as many games that you enjoy as Richie and I do. I would say so that makes it more difficult. But well, punch punch,
2: give us your ideas for board quarter yeah. or something that replaced board quarter. I think just punishment wise, if you lose the draft, you don't get to roll. You just automatically last or wherever the person who wins Ooh. puts you. Choose you. So then yeah.
0: you're just out getting to roll. Right. I mean, I not, think I think
2: we throw that in there okay. no matter what. Okay, we then, throw that not, in there. Let's figure it out. Let's yeah. throw
0: it to the punch punch and say figure out and, something. It's not tattoos, so Corey, not don't tattoos. start saying <laughs> tattoos. But Unless we're talking
2: about temporary tattoos.
0: No, I don't. Not even temporary tattoos. Okay, temporary tattoo, but something that you think would be fun. I, I mean, I think it should be something on air that we could do, and just something fun that we could do for whoever wins the draft. It could
2: also be positive. And, it does not have to be a punishment.
0: Yeah, I mean, it could be, <laughs> but yeah,
2: I, I like him. I like the temporary tattoo idea.
1: <laughs> I want one of Clef's employees to be like. Last, Ooh, last I week. Ooh. Temporary last, face tattoos. I know. Yeah, exactly. Last <laughs> week. Last week I came in and he was doing this weird like Russian Western accent thing. And this week he has a woody woodpecker
2: on his cheek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the temporary face tattoos. I'm really the only one that would not suffer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Uh.
0: Uh, all right. So yeah. Well, there we go. So well, hey, uh,
1: that was Way too much shenanigans. My uh, my head hurts. But Punch Punch, I hope that you have had great holidays so far and that the new year is wonderful and safe and prosperous for you.
0: Absolutely. And like I said, if you are interested in coming to PPCon, all you got to do is go to our guild at 3227, and their information is there. Uh, if you have any questions whatsoever, please, please let us know. We would love to get as many of you there as possible because we would love to play some games and we'd obviously like to meet some people. Uh, We've already got a bunch of people that have signed up from out of state, which I'm excited about. So uh, just, yeah, Um, if you're, like I said, if you're interested, please go ahead and get signed up. And uh, the information's all there. But if you have questions, let us know.
1: Punch, punch, be good to yourselves and be good to each other.
0: All right, everybody, have a great night. Thanks for listening.
1: Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at punchboarders. We are on Instagram at punchboardparadise and Facebook at punchboardparadise. Clef is correct.